On the 21st day of October, Halloween gave to me 21 acid raves, 20 creepy stalkers, 19 Kiernan's time traveling, 18 zombie swatting, 17 Kekner screeching, 16 flying engines, 15 workplace accidents, 14 logs bouncing, 13 planes exploding, 12 zombie soldiers, 11 angels wrestling, 10 ghostly hitchhikers, 9 basement clowns, 8 vampire cruises, 7 silent heroes, 6 prequel bloodstones, 5 diabolical fledglings, 4 vampire pianists, 3 dead professors, 2 Michelle actresses, and a radu drooling something bloody. Hey everyone, welcome to the 21st day of the 31 Days of Halloween. I'm glad to welcome you to not only this episode, but the show that we are going to be watching for the next couple of days. Uh, that's right, Mike Flanagan has a new show out, and I would be remiss, nay, I would it would be an injustice, a travesty, if we did not take a moment to talk about The Fall of the House of, of Usher, which is the new Netflix series that Mike Flanagan... Uh, is behind that he uh, is shepherding. This is one of those that he, uh, like um, Haunting of Bly Manor, which of course was a riff on uh, the the turn of the screw. This one is uh, obviously based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. It is not just a retelling of the fall of the House of Usher, which is not that long a story. And it is sort of telling every Poe story all at once. And he is not writing and directing every episode, although he does write and direct some of them and uh, co-write some and, and so forth. Like, it, it, it feels like a Flanagan joint. So that is good. And unlike The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I thought was meandering and never quite gelled into the thing that I wanted to see in uh, that story. I think uh, the first four episodes, which is what we're talking about today, the first four episodes of the fall of the house of Usher, I think are very good and coherent. Uh, it is not quite great yet. It doesn't blow me away the way that uh, haunting of Hill house and midnight mass, which are purely Flanagan efforts. Those I think are masterpieces. Uh, Four episodes in, I'm not content to say that this is a masterpiece. But let's talk about the four episodes. Uh, so it is the story of uh, Roderick and Matilda Usher. Do I have that right? Yeah, Madeline Usher, sorry. Uh, played by Bruce Greenwood, who you will recall from a previous Mike Flanagan effort, Gerald's Game. He was the husband what had a heart attack uh, before... <laughs> He, uh, you know, got a chance to have sex with Carla Gugino, who is also in this. And Mary McDonnell, the excellent Mary McDonnell, is playing Madeline Usher. She's amazing in this. And it tells their story of uh, the sort of a, a, a tale of pharmaceuticals. If you are like me and are somewhat fascinated by shows like Dope Sick and some of the documentaries that have come out about the Sackler family, a lot of this is going to feel familiar, uh, at least in terms of the, the pharmaceutical company stuff, because it's about a brother and sister who, through, uh, 
you know, their uh, mechanics have become the heads of uh, Fortunato Pharmaceuticals, which is selling, they don't call it Oxycontin, but that's kind of what it is. And there's definitely uh, a sense that they're, <laughs> you know, profiting on the misery of others. They have a bunch of kids. And one of the things that Roderick Usher says uh, to an investigator who is is out to get him. And in fact, much of the show is bookended by his conversations with uh, an investigator, uh, you know, August Dupin. Um, of course, the investigator, C. Auguste Dupin, uh, played by Carl Lumbly, uh, who's, who's pretty great in this. He also shacked up with Flanagan for Dr. Sleep, where he took over the Scatman Crothers role. And uh, he steps in here in a pretty sizable part, uh, more than a cameo uh, as before. And is... Um, you know, a guy who worked for, it seems like the district attorney's office and is invited to what, what turns out to be the old family home of the ushers of Roderick and Madeline, which is now left in disrepair. It is, it is a building that, um, they grew up in and Roderick himself says, we bought this to watch it rot. And Dupin is there to record him, give, a confession. Also, by the way, he keeps hearing something in the basement, which is pretty great. I like the fact that every now and again in one of the episodes, Dupin will hear something in the basement and Roderick will say, oh, that's just my sister down there. And you're not sure what's going on uh, in these episodes. I, I'm, I don't know what's in the basement, but by God, I want to know and I hope it's horrific. I, I expect that it will be. And so Roderick Usher is giving his confession to Dupin after uh, a trial and also after the death of all his children. So at the beginning of the show, we know all of the Usher kids are dead. And Roderick has said like, hey, I've got a bunch of them because some I had with my first wife. And then I, unlike with my family, I made a rule. That, you know, my father wasn't around, so I said, no matter who you are, if you are my blood, the door is always open, the gates are open for you to come in and be part of the Usher family. And uh, so he's got a bunch of kids. There's uh, Frederick, who they call Froderick, as played by Henry Thomas, who is um, you know, kind of the heir apparent to the throne of the, the house of Usher. Uh, he's also a little bit of adult. He's not like a stupid guy and he's not a bad businessman, but he's certainly been handed everything in the world and, and it feels uh, a sense of entitlement. And uh, he and uh, his, you know, direct sister, uh, Tammy, Tamerlane Usher played by Samantha Sloyan. From Midnight Mass, she was the uh, the the kind of backstabbing uh, parishioner in Midnight Mass, and she's great in this as well. Uh, and they feel like they're kind of the real kids, but you also have Leo, who's played by uh, Rahul Kohli, who was also in Midnight Mass uh, as the the sheriff, 
and he is a game developer who also does a lot of drugs <laughs> and uh, just hangs out with his boyfriend. But he's clearly bi because the first time we see him, he's having sex with a woman. So it, it's one of those things where he's just never honest with himself or anybody else, it seems like. Um, there is uh, Mary McDonald. I'm sorry, not Mary McDonald. Kate Siegel, who plays Camille LaSpagna who is another sort of bastard child of the ushers, but she is uh, their fixer. She She's kind of the person that hand, handles all their uh, PR. There's Tania Miller, who is uh, Vic Victorine, um, one of the other bastard children, and she is working on an artificial heart. Um, there is, is that all the kids? That might be all the kids. Uh, if I've forgotten one, we'll get to the others, but so they're all uh, sort of, uh, you know, waiting for this great fortune. All the kids are, but, uh, as we see at the beginning of the movie, they're all fucking dead. And a lot of the first four episodes are setting up the family of Usher and seeing a couple of these kids get picked off. Like, uh, Dupin is like, Hey, I'm sorry for your loss about your kids. And Bruce Greenwood as uh Frederick Usher is like, Oh, you really don't know what happened. And that is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how I am responsible for the deaths of all of my children. And we get, uh, that in that, that's kind of the setup of the first episode of midnight dreary is what it's called. And then you get the mask of the red death where, you get one of the bastard kids, uh, who is, uh, Perry, who I did not mention, uh, played by a Sorian, uh, Sepkota. And he is, um, the youngest of them and is kind of a fuck up is also really into just drugs and orgies and having money. And there's a whole thing where every child of the Usher family goes to Madeline and Frederick and says, Hey, I've got an idea for a business. And, you know, for, you know, Vic, it was her heart. Um, for, uh, um, Leo, it was the video games, uh, for Camille, it was running this PR firm and everybody gets money based on the business that they pitch. And Perry comes to the family and says, Hey, I want to do the most exclusive kind of party where it's in a different place all the time. And, uh, it, you know, it, it's $10,000 to get this app. And if you get this app, then you, it alerts you to where the party is going to be. And it's the best drugs and everything is discreet. It is, you know, it's a place to go and drink and do drugs and fuck and, and, uh, like be among the elite. And of course, this is the Mask of the Red Death. You know, not only is that what the the episode is called, it is the story, the Mask of the Red Death, where there's this grand ball being thrown and then death shows up in the form of Carla Gugino. And we don't know exactly what her role in things is, but we definitely know that she is some sort of supernatural force or certainly appears to be. And so she is kind of bouncing through these uh, episodes as well, being sort of the instigator. And uh, so Perry throws this big party and it goes horribly wrong. 
And there's some other business going on with some of the other characters. Again, you know, we're talking about four hours worth of television, so I'm not going to hit everything. And I also don't want to spoil everything. I will say there is an incredible death scene or scenes at the end of this episode that is almost worth the price of admission for these four episodes just based on that. Even if there weren't all this like gothic atmosphere and good acting and writing and all of that. It's great. I love it. And uh, we, we're also, in the, in the meantime, getting the backstory of how uh, Roderick and Madeline sort of rose to power and the deals that they're making and the schemes that they hatch to, to gain um, that the power that they've got the, to gain the spot of uh, CEO and COO of the uh, Fortunato Pharmaceutical Company. And so that that's a, a, a terrific episode. I'll leave the fate of everything there. And then the third episode is Murder in the Rue Morgue, which focuses on Camille, uh, Kate Siegel's character, because she's trying to spin, you know, hey, we're, we're being sued for our role in the opioid crisis. We can use Perry's death to kind of spin public opinion in our favor and one of the things that Camille does is she's always trying to get dirt on other members of the family. Like her job is to know. And when <laughs> I realized at a certain point, she's trying to get some dirt on Vic and it is going to the, the morgue where uh, Vic's animal testing is going on. And I think you might see where this is going, but the name of the company that Vic has started, or it's called uh, Rue. So, Murder in the Rue Morgue is uh, the story that we are uh, sort of portraying here. And there is a moment in this episode where Kate Siegel and uh, Carlo Gugino speak. And Carlo Gugino is a bit of a, a shapeshifter in this set of episodes where... You know, she it, in one episode, she's a guest at the party in this episode... Uh, she is a security guard that works at the the morgue or the, you know, Rue, uh, the company where uh, Kate Siegel is gaining entry. And there is a conversation that those two women have that is remarkable. And there is a little bit of stunt work and effects work, and it's just terrific. I can't tell you how much I love the last like 10 minutes of murder in the room org. It's so good. Um, and then we get to the last episode, which is probably my least favorite of the bunch. And it's kind of a bummer that we're landing on this one, but the episode is the black cat. It is about, uh, Leo, the game developer who is having relationship troubles during, uh, one night. He kind of blacks out. He doesn't like his boyfriend's cat that lives with him. Uh, he blacks out and apparently kills this cat. And so he cleans up his mess and goes on the hunt for a different cat to replace it, finds a black cat that is uh, like stalking him, you know, trying to hurt him. And then, of course, you know, things do not go well for for Leo. Uh, we know he's going to die. The question is how. And it's it's okay. There's enough stuff around it. Like, I didn't find Leo and the cat stuff all that interesting, but there's enough stuff around it in this episode uh, because I am really bought into 
the rise to power of Madeline and Roderick, and I'm bought in on all of the uh, the intrigue in the family. I've never watched uh, Succession, but I've heard comparisons to Succession uh, of this this whole series, and if and which tells me maybe I ought to watch Succession because I really like you know the dynamics of this family that's really wealthy but kind of assholes and like there's not really a hero there are a couple of good characters and there's um one one character in particular uh that's his Roderick's granddaughter Roderick and Madeline's uh granddaughter who is kind of amazing and th this is of course Lenore is her name and I think you can see where that's headed also, the young Roderick is married to Annabelle Lee, and so we get some actual lines from the poem Annabelle Lee, which is also great. Um, you know, so here's the thing. Obviously, I'm a big nerd for Edgar Allan Poe. And having Flanagan and company, you know, uh, his, his stable of writers and actors and directors that are all working to create the show, even though Black Cat is not my favorite I still think it's pretty good, and I think some of the episodes are fucking great. And I'm having a great time with this show. I love all the Poe references. It, it, you know, it's a real, like, nudge your buddy, like, hey, you get it, right? Murder in the Room Org. And it's not tricky, like, this isn't trying to be sneaky or anything. But the fact that the show is just like, you know what? We're going to do not just some Poe. We're doing all of the Poe and it's great. I love it. I love the characters, even though they're despicable, the performances are incredible. Carla Gugino is amazing in this. Uh, I I'm just having a blast with this thing and I think it's creepy and it's not flat out like, like this does not seem to have quite the ambition of something like a midnight mass, which seemed like a very personal story for Flanagan to be telling. This is more Flanagan in let's have a good time mode. And I'm having a great time with the show. Uh, if you are watching it uh, tomorrow, we'll talk about the, the rest of it as I wrap up the last four episodes. Um, but if you're having a good time with it, please drop by the, uh, the Discord server for Legion Podcast. Let me know what you think. I'm having a great time with it. I can't wait to dive back in and just wallow in Flanagan goodness. Uh, it's one of my favorite things is when Flanagan just comes out with one of these extended series, uh, you know, these seven, eight, nine episode, uh, opuses, opi that are just incredibly satisfying as a horror fan, as, as a fan of, of, you know, horror stories that aren't necessarily just a bunch of jump scares, but are more about the, the dread of things and the story being told and the characters and it's, you know, it, it, it feels literary, but not dry. And that's what I think is kind of wonderful about House of Usher. I'm really having a great time with it. It's just what I wanted, I think, out of it. Uh, I, I don't know that I, I needed another Hill House or Midnight Mass or something that's that heavy. And this deals with some heavy themes, to be sure. But also, it wallows in the good time it's having it's a little gorier 
than I think some of the other Flanagan stuff has been. And gleefully so. It seems to be having a good time with being a little grimmer than some of the other stuff. But in keeping with Poe, it's, it's you know, Grand, uh, Grand Gunal, uh, I think is how you pronounce that. I've never been able to pronounce that right. Anyway, um, that, so that's it for this one. We'll be back tomorrow with the last four episodes and final thoughts uh, about Follow the House of Usher and all that. If, like I said, if you're enjoying it, uh, drop by the Discord. Let me know what you think of Follow the House of, uh, of Usher. I think it's great. And uh, and then we'll talk about it then. So I hope you're having yourselves a great October weekend. I hope you're enjoying yourself. The weather here is beautiful and it's this crisp fall air. Just perfect for uh, Poe adaptations. Uh, and I hope that you have uh, some time to kick back with loved ones and a big bowl of popcorn and, uh, and enjoy it uh, right along with me. So uh, that is it for this time. Have a great Saturday, everybody, and I will see you tomorrow for another entry into the 31 days of Halloween. See you then.